Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Faculty Spotlight, a podcast featuring faculty in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzzhoon. I'm the Dean of the College. I also get to serve as host of the podcast. And today I'm talking with Dr. David Donick, professor in the Department of History and Philosophy here in Austin P. First of all, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the invitation, appreciate it. So let's talk a little bit about your journey here. Um, did you come to Austin P right out of graduate school? I did, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll keep this um, relatively short. Uh, I did my BA and MA uh, in Vancouver uh, at the University of British Columbia. Uh, and I finished that in 2009. Uh, and then, then I moved to uh, Boston for my PhD. So I was there from 2009 to 2016. And uh, right at the end of that, um, as I was finishing grad school, I got this job here. And I've been here ever since uh, 2016. Yeah, and yeah. you've been in Tennessee. And you don't miss the snow, or you do miss the snow? Uh, I, I do miss the snow. Um, and at, at times, I don't. I'm actually happy with all the seasons. When it's really cold, I'm, I'm happy with that. Hmm. And when it's really warm, I'm happy with that, too. So I'm good, yeah. OK. Um, I'm sure that you've taught a variety of different courses, including some gen ed classes. Let's talk about what are some of your favorites and why. One of my favorite classes uh, is uh, the class I'm teaching right now, which is on the, the French Revolution and uh, Napoleon. Uh, the reason why I like this class is also the reason why I like all of the classes. It's uh, connecting with students. Uh, you know, two of the major things that I do in terms of uh, scholarship is, uh, of course, research um, and then teaching, including teaching part of my research. Uh, but, you know, one, one thing with research is that in many ways it sort of isolates you as well. You know, it's me sitting there with the documents, reading those, trying to make sense of them. So it does get lonely at times. Uh, what I really like about teaching is that you get to get out there, connect with students, uh, and that's really the core of my teaching is, um, it, it's very simple, the way I put it is my primary concern is student engagement, mm -hmm. uh, to get them to connect to uh, the, the themes that we're covering, um, the arguments that we're looking at, to be engaged and to, to care and to uh, contribute to create new knowledge as well. Uh, that whole process is always absolutely amazing. Uh, and right now in this class on the French Revolution and Napoleon, uh, it's been absolutely amazing. I mean, they, they are very much <laughs> connecting, they're enthusiastic. Uh, so I feel great at the end of class. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting about that is I, I try to tell people all the time about what makes Awesome P special is the opportunity to have that sort of interaction with our faculty that, that you're talking about here, that you make those classes come alive. Um, and, and I'm sure at some point in time, you see the light come on in their eyes about the subject matter. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's exactly the, the kinds of moments that, that I'm describing um, and trying to sustain that as much as possible through the class. Uh, maybe if you want to zoom into that experience a bit more in terms of how to create that sense of engagement, I would say that one uh, method that I have to, to try to do that is I, I try to balance visual and textual sources hmm. so that, and, and sort of alternating between the two um, many times uh, during a class really helps with that, uh, I think. So, so having a kind of pace where you know, we might be looking at uh, a painting, analyzing a painting, 
then I might have a slide where I'm talking about uh, what happened for a while, uh, and then I might show a clip, uh, a video clip that's related to that, and, and then also, and this is really key, I really, really care about this, even in lectures, uh, having some space and time for mini discussions. So, uh, you know, I might then pause and we might have, I might have a question um, that, that tries to frame it more in terms of uh, what kind of argument now can we uh, start to construct based on what you have seen, what we have said so far. So we kind of have a, a moment where we uh, talk about how to construct history, historical arguments and narratives. Um, and then moving back to maybe another image and, then and, and so on and so forth, uh, kind mm. of alternating and keeping it, um, having a good pace, keep, keeping it interesting throughout. Uh, that has worked really well, yeah. And what about the, the fact, because I think I, I've seen a, a, a promo for a new Napoleon movie that's coming out. Yeah. So how do, <laughs> yeah. You, um, how do you deal with students that learn some information through entertaining ways like that that may not be historically correct? How do you uh, approach those kind of things, especially about subjects that you care about? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question as well. Um, so one thing, that I, one thing that I don't do in my classes is simply provide a historical narrative and then expect them to uh, repeat that. What I do is I try to give them some analytic tools so I do include a few theoretic uh, sort of works, you know, works that, that deal with historical theories. Uh, so, so we have a, a part of the class that's devoted to a sort of theoretical analysis uh, and just discussing theories. And, and then throughout the class, I will ask students to uh, apply some of those theories to, to see if they can uh, use them to make sense of what they're seeing. And actually, I just did that today. Um, I showed them the, uh, the trailer for the movie that's, that's coming out uh, pretty soon, next week, I suppose. And then we had a very good discussion. I'm not too long, maybe 10 minutes or so, but they used um, well, mainly one, one theory that we talked about, uh, which is called the, the theory of emplotment. Uh, to try to make sense of just the way the movie is portrayed in the, tra in, in the trailer. So, uh, so again, there's a way in which theories can be used to question historical narratives, to question how uh, things like movies are put together, uh, and to see what the, to think about what the alternatives might be to that, right? But also at the same time, to see where that particular narrative comes from. You know, what is it based on? What is behind it? Uh, so yeah, we, we deal with this, this question in my classes all the time. That's, that's yeah. fascinating. Now, um, you are a, a historian of modern, his, uh, modern Europe, right. correct? And so I'm always interested, what drew you to that subject oh, area? Yeah. Um, what drew me to the history of Europe is the fact that I was born in Europe. Uh, I was born in Yugoslavia. It was, it was known as Yugoslavia. Uh, it's a state that no longer exists. And that's precisely why I'm here uh, talking about history. So growing up in Yugoslavia, what I witnessed is groups of people who embraced conflicting visions of history. Mm. And then I, I witnessed uh, that leading to war. Uh, 
bloodshed uh, uh, tragedy. So, so that, that experience stayed with me, uh, and it's also because of that that I had to leave Europe. Uh, so um, by the time I ended up um, uh, at, at the University of British Columbia, you know, I was looking at it and thinking about what to study, and I, I, I thought about studying science, and I was really interested in math, actually. Uh, I was interested in physics, chemistry, things like that. Uh, but but this, this question about history kept imposing itself. Mm. Uh, and I, I decided that I wanted to, uh, to try to understand two things. So one, uh, you know, why that history that I lived through, why did, why did it happen? Uh, and then sort of beyond that, uh, again, how are historical narr narratives put together and what kind of an impact do they have on the world? So th that that question has been with me since since childhood, really, uh, and th that's that's why I'm here right now talking to you about history, and that's what I'll be doing for uh, hopefully many years to come. <laughs> and you've spent time uh, studying the archives uh, in in Europe. Uh, you traveled to many countries to do this. Can you explain why it's so important? for a historian such as yourself to actually be on site to see the actual documents? Yeah, um, one way to address that question would be to talk about how I approach history and what, what do I do when I go to the archives. Uh, one trend that I've seen in, in a lot of the literature that I study, and again, most of my research is on uh, French imperial expansion in the Mediterranean from around 1789 to 1870. There's a lot of narratives, for example, um, that you'll come across from French generals. Uh, a lot of their letters, uh, their memoirs, uh, many of them have been published, uh, translated, and many of their letters are still in the archives. Uh, but, but there's also uh, this issue of access. Uh, so many of these sources, like I said, are printed. Uh, we can find them in, in books as well as archives. There is a whole segment of sources also uh, that tell us about people who were not part of those elites. Hmm. And in many cases, those sources have not been translated, have not made their way uh, into published books that we can now teach with, for example. So uh, access to that is really key. So, so it, it allows me to um, study history more broadly, to, to uh, tell a more complete history uh, for instance, in this case, of, of what happened when French armies conquered a number of, of, of areas around the Mediterranean. So, uh, more specifically, it allows me to talk about the local reaction to what the French were doing, what the French army was doing. Uh, and again, to, to really um, understand that, we need to look at sources of, um, uh, well, people who were there on the ground and often writing in local languages. So that involves... Uh, learning those languages as well, uh, and then going to the archives and, and, and finding those voices and then making sense of, of what they're saying and then uh, including them in our books and articles. So th that's my, my, my general approach to archives. And it's always fascinating, and maybe I'll end with this point because here I could just keep going. <laughs> um, it, it's always fascinating to come across these stories and... Um, to then realize that, that many of them, you know, they've never been included in some of the major works. So it's, uh, there, there's quite often a sense of, 
you know, that wow moment of finding some story that is uh, often quite tragic, uh, but, but often also very fascinating. Hmm. And, and I appreciate the passion that you bring to the classroom for our students and the impact that you're making. Um, I, I would like to end on this last question because I, I know at some point in time, you must have had a teacher that, that was a mentor that impacted you. Um, is there, can you talk a little bit about the importance of having a mentor? Uh, yeah, in yeah I've, I've been lucky to have uh, many, many of them. But maybe if, if you would allow me to approach it this way, uh, just to be fair, I'll sort of go chronologically. And I'll sure. just mention uh, Professor Robert Brain, uh, who still teaches at uh, the University of British Columbia. Um, this was one of the first history classes I took. And, and let me just put it this way in the interest of, of brevity here. Uh, somehow he was able to communicate this passion for history uh, and, and this kind of passionate engagement with texts to me. So uh, that experience and just always really <laughs> listening to him talk uh, is it, just it's such a pleasure. And I was just in Vancouver a, a few months ago. Uh, and I think we ended up talking for maybe like four hours. <laughs> it was supposed to be a, a, a brief lunch, but we ended up talking for about four hours. Um, so yeah, that, that's one, one um, key uh, sort of um, influence on me. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And, and again, thank you not only for what you do in the classroom, but for being on the podcast today, Dr. Donna. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks to all of our viewers and listeners out there for joining us. We will continue to profile some of the outstanding professors we have here in the College of Arts and Letters at Austin P. State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless.